You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everybody, and welcome to issue 142 of the Comic Book Informer podcast. We're coming to you on the 1st of October, the best month of the year. I'm Vince, along with Raj. What's up, man? thought it was the second. It is the first. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Your That's confidence it. in me is staggering. Staggering, yeah, that you know what day it is. <laughs> well, I don't, so apparently it is something to behold. <laughs> so have you seen, like, over the last couple of weeks, Marvel's been doing those, you know, one-word teasers over again? I No. Okay. And because uh, New York Comic Con is coming up in a couple of weeks and with New York being Marvel's hometown, they've kind of made that their big show instead of San Diego over the last few years. That's where they announced Marvel Now. And this whole thing is Marvel Now Phase 2 is coming up. And when the first teasers were coming across, it was like, oh, OK, you know, bend us on X-Men. I'm sure that'll be interesting. Fraction on Fantastic Four. All right. That's cool. Little did we know that so many of them were going to be so damn good (laughs) so now we have all these new teasers coming across new stuff from dan slot zeb wells you put a name and there's no clue what any of these are going to be it's not like they they weren't as easy to figure out as the last round was but just based on how successful the first phase of marvel now was like i'm really excited for what Hmm. they have coming up now cool but enough about good comics because Last month was Villains Month. <laughs> so let's start off with uh, Forever Evil, the, uh, the miniseries that started up after Trinity War, which we enjoyed so much. And it's kind of the cornerstone of DC's initiative for yeah, several months to come. I forget if it's six issues or eight, but this is going to be around for a while. And we had mentioned this briefly on what we're reading, uh, written by Jeff Johns, art by David Finch, Richard Friend, and Sonia Obach. And it really didn't work for me on any number of levels. Well, it was, like we had said before, it was pretty much what we were expecting. So there was nothing extraordinary about it. It was pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. And... We're supposed to now believe, of course, you know, the Justice League is dead and the villains are taking over. That, okay, that, fine. (laughs) I kind of checked out right around the point where Ultraman moved the moon. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, (laughs) like, okay, yeah, he's he's a twisted version of Superman, so the sun makes him weak. So he moves the moon to be in a permanent eclipse? Like, that's not how physics work. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he basically has to put it in a perfect geosynchronous orbit and stand in that one spot or he's in trouble. And I, like, I'm willing to put a lot of, you know, rational thought out the window when we're dealing with comic books. But that was just kind of dumb. Yeah, but the dude in Despicable Me too did it. If he can do it, he, he made it smaller, but still. Same principle. <laughs> Instead of moving it, just made it smaller. Uh, is it... <laughs> It just comes down to, do I have faith that this is going to continue to be worth reading? And that that's a really hard word to use when it comes to DC these days. Honestly, I don't, I don't know what prompted this. I don't know, again, who pitched this idea that we as readers 
want to read months with nothing but villains. Because I think that if there was a, a person there who kind of had thought it through, perhaps, they might have stopped them and said, yeah, might not be the best idea. And and it's not. It just isn't. I don't know what the sales are like on this. I haven't checked. But just going from the work itself is enough to kind of make you stop and say, oh, my God, okay, I don't want to read any more of these. And that's not what you want in an event. Mm-hmm. Well, I know sales were quite good because they did the limited edition lenticular 3D covers that they then under-delivered on all their orders because of production issues. But it's one of those – it's like the most 90s thing you could possibly do is put out 52 special covers and just people buy them up because they're stupid and think they're going to be worth something. Yeah. Even I wouldn't buy a special cover of these. <laughs> Now, you know what? You buy a special cover because you think it looks cool? Fine. You buy 52 of them as sort of some sort of investment into your kid's college fund? I, I, There are people that do this, a lot of people, and I can't wrap my head around why. Like, they haven't learned. Yeah, but you know a lot of stupid people. Let's be honest. This, this, this is true. <laughs> but no, these, these aren't people I actually know, thankfully. <laughs> But you also kind of touched on one of the big issues here is, yeah, this miniseries is going to be running for a while telling the story of, you know, the villains taking over and this and that. But Villains Month was just a month (laughs) starting to, well, tomorrow, today, whenever you're listening, this week, (laughs) all the rest of the comics are going back to normal. (laughs) All the storylines that were running up through August, they just hit the pause button on them. Released the Villains Month issues, and now everything is immediately back to normal. <laughs> like, if you're going to do an event of this magnitude and kind of build it up as to be this huge thing, I think you should kind of line up your your publishing schedule so that you're not stopping right in the middle of storylines. Well, that'd be impossible. I mean, everybody's got different storylines. I would True. do planning for years to get that. Try, and, try and pausing slot in the middle of a story arc. They're all story arcs. It's, it's one <laughs> massive story arc. And that's why when you see something like Infinity, some stuff ties in because they've been building to it. Some hasn't. Same Battle of the Atom. Any rational <laughs> big event doesn't tie into every single comic in the line. Yeah. I, you're, you're not going to really get me defending this very much. I, I know. I just I, I have a lot of anger in me about this <laughs> that I need to get out. Then, <laughs> like with the villains month itself, and we know they put out you know issue twenty three point one point two point three point four. So many of these comics, I, I counted. <laughs> Last month they published sixteen Batman comics, <laughs> ten Justice League, nine Superman, and that leaves seventeen for the entire rest of the line combined. And I understand Batman is their big seller, but they're. There's a point. <laughs> and, and it's it's so weird that they chose to publish all of these extra Batman and Justice League and Superman comics instead of their other comics. Like, yeah, but I'm um, thinking they were doing that because they wanted the the best villains for to be represented and not, you know, some new villain from a new series. So when you're looking at the Batman IP, you're gonna have a number more villains than you would for the other means. Hell, even sure. the Superman, you're not going to have as many as for 
Batman. There's just so many of them that are iconic. So you're going to want those front and center in what is a villain's month. So it, I don't hold them against for that. that it, to me, that makes perfect sense to do something like that. But then you have stuff like, um, I think it was an issue of Batman the Dark Knight, uh, 23.2, I want to say off the top of my head. I didn't read it. <laughs> but it, the, the villain was the ventriloquist, who is a Batgirl villain. Well, they didn't publish an issue of Batgirl. They had Gail Simone write an issue of Detective Comics. So let's say you happen to be a Batgirl fan, and I, I'm enjoying the comic. I wouldn't have read the – but I still didn't read the Ventriloquist thing. So you have to read Batgirl this one particular month by issue 23.2 of Detective Comics and then go back to reading Batgirl, which isn't uncommon. Like, you know, they, they do crossovers and stuff all the time, but where was that information? <laughs> Like, at the end of the last issue of Batgirl, it didn't say, make sure to check out Dark Knight next month. Right. Actually, it was in Batman. I actually, that's one oh, of the ones I read. <laughs> so, we'll be talking about that shortly. And, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, Batman has the coolest villains, in quotes, <laughs> you know, Superman. But, I mean, Animal Man has villains, you know. Bat, I'm sure Batwing had a villain that could have used some, you know, an extra issue worth of character development. I just, it didn't, I didn't like it. I understand it, but I didn't like it. I see it again as pure and simple marketing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, there's going to be a lot DC more call for Batman is their penguin and, and they're going to ride him and all that. until he collapses. So, oh. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's take this as families then. So let, let's tackle all the Batman stuff we have first. Um, I'm going to start off with uh, Batman 23.1, which was the Joker issue. Yeah, And if you had told me that there was going to be an issue about Joker raising his gorilla with a rocket pack and it was going to be really bad, I don't – it's such a – as a concept, I would have been, man, gorilla with a rocket pack, Joker issue, should be fun. Wasn't. Not even remotely. <laughs> but the gorilla had a little stuffed monkey. That was his baby. And he had a Joker outfit. And a bazooka. <laughs> Joker with a bazooka and a machete? Come on. <laughs> you have to laugh about it. You really you oh, do. You have to laugh at the concept, <laughs> absolutely. Because otherwise, yeah. It was it it wasn't fun, it wasn't interesting. It it was just it was there. At this point, I'd read a couple of other ones as well, so I kind of knew what I was getting into, and mm-hmm. I realized that none of this was really going to have that much significance, and whether it keeps going in the canon later on or you know in other stories, because some of these continue in ongoing stories, really it was... I, I didn't expect a lot except for like you know the, just this little self-contained story whether or not it continues or not that's that's all i was going in for so really joker with a gorilla with a bazooka okay whatever i'm not gonna say it's good but my expectations were so low to begin with that it's not like i was disappointed and for listeners who uh didn't catch last week i love making roger read bad comics (laughs) it's my favorite pastime in life but even I couldn't force him <laughs> to read any of this. So this is just a grab bag episode. You know, we, we read what we thought was interesting, what we wanted to read, and the chips fell where they did. <laughs> hey, I read like 11 or 12. I figure reading a dozen of these 
is payment enough. I've put in my dues for the podcast and our listeners. <laughs> That's all you're getting out of me. All right. Uh, well, keeping with Batman, then, uh, did you read Batman and Robin 23.1, the Two-Face issue? Yes, I did. I actually enjoyed that one. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Nah. Be- I enjoyed it more when I first read it. <laughs> Because as I realized, a lot of these Villains Month issues tried to make the villains into just anti-heroes. So this was the first one I read in, in that mold of, oh, you know, not everybody's with the secret society. But the thing I liked about this, Two-Face as a character is quite often portrayed, you know, he has the, the two sides of the coin. Where one, he's evil, and the other, he's just... Not as evil. Yeah. Whereas this interpretation of it, you know, he... he he actually has a good side. You know, he's still partially Harvey Dent, you know, the district attorney. And I liked that they were taking that spin on the character that I personally haven't really seen before. Then again, I haven't read a whole lot of comics with Two-Face in it to begin with. The only thing that I liked about this one was the interaction between him and Scar- uh, Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I, I enjoyed that. It's it's not very long, but I enjoyed that. But the rest of the stuff with the Dent, I mean, the dude's a freaking attorney. And yes, he's got a couple of guns and a coin, but he is taking down freaking crime syndicates here. And it's always been one of those things. Again, some some villains, I'm willing to give them more leeway kind of thing. And, and, and I understand that there's more going on in terms of planning and everything else, like the Penguin or the Scarecrow at least has got his, his fear toxin. This dude's a guy with a couple of machine guns and in just laying waste to all these crime syndicates and it's like it's little things like that that for me actually make me stop and go "Ah, i got no use for this villain really just just tell you the truth i'll buy that all right uh, (laughs) (laughs) next one i have is the riddler issue batman 23.2 i didn't read that one this was actually one of the better issues of the month because it was actually written by scott snyder and that was the other big thing. So many of these comics didn't have the regular creative teams. They had, you know, whoever was available. Like that that Joker issue was actually written by Adam Kubert, who has been a very good artist in his career. <laughs> Not that great of a writer. But yeah, this was a fun Riddler issue of kind of spanning where we saw him in Zero Year uh, with kind of a modern day story of him busting into Wayne Towers and circumventing all the security. And it, it was just a fun Riddler story if he had this, this plan already done and, you know, it just played out. The only thing I didn't like in true DC fashion was they had to make it too violent. The Riddler shouldn't be a violent character. And yet he blew a guy's arm off. Right. But it it was for the character. I, I did enjoy it. Okay, cool. All right. Did you read the Harley Quinn issue? Detective comics, 23.2. No, you didn't miss anything. Okay. Again, Harley is one of those characters that's always been a fun character. And this was just her being crazy and murdering a bunch of people. And there was there was nothing to be interested in. It was just senseless. Like it wasn't towards anything. It was like, oh, she's crazy. Look at her kill all these people. And this is how she made her costume. It 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 was stupid. It was pointless. All right, the last Batman-related one I have was uh, The Dark Knight 23.4. That was the Joker's Daughter issue. No, didn't read it. <laughs> okay. I, apparently, Joker's Daughter does have a very rabid fan following. I personally don't see the appeal. It's 
not that interesting of a character. It's just a riff on another character. And this was really bad. Oh, man. I, I don't, I can't even go into details. Like, I gave up reading this thing halfway through. It was just awful. Right. <laughs> All right. So, do you have anything else in the uh, Batman family, though? Yeah, I do. There was the Penguin one. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Batman 23.3. Basically, this is just showing him running his casino and. Um, a couple of magicians are ripping him off, winning a blackjack constantly, and he basically kills them. And then the someone in the uh, what the hell is his position? It's not the mayor, but somebody, a oh, governor. He wants to clean up Gotham, and he's saying that he's going after the Penguin, and of course, Penguin kills him uh, or frames him. This was like so unoriginal; it was unbelievable. It was uh, the art was nice actually, but I mean the story was so unoriginal to the point of drugging him and then videotaping him killing someone after using some venom and put in souping him up with some venom and then blackmailing him and to the point of the guy then committing suicide on air. It was literally it was somebody read a script book of this type of story make sure to hit on all these points and did that it was yeah terrible yeah, absolutely terrible see we I, i've read enough penguin comics lately that that one just i didn't really think about reading that one yeah um i did read the ventriloquist one mm-hmm. which <sighs> hey you picked some winners <laughs> oh oh tell me about it the um again the the trope of the narrative between the puppet that's alive and her and talking and and then how she came to be and stuff and there were parts that weren't as bad but overall wow it was just (laughs) yeah it was it was not it was it was really not good and like there's no there's no redeeming nothing I mean, the people that go in are just slaughtered. Spoiler, people. Um, they, they go in to see this free show because there's food. I was like, really? You're that hungry? You're going to go into a bad part of town, abandoned theater to go see a ventriloquist? If, if anything says evil, it's a freaking ventriloquist. Okay, So <laughs> even in this setting, you would not go to see a ventriloquist. Um, and then you have these this gang that's going in and going to do all manner of bad things to everybody. So it was just it was absolutely nothing redeeming, nothing. And the story was cliched as hell. Um, one of the ones that I actually did like was the Poison Ivy one. Hmm. Now let's remember that the bar so far has been <laughs> set pretty low. If this had come out. In any other month, as a special or whatever, it would have been kind of glossed over and meh, not bad, but I mean, not phenomenal. The uh, the artwork is quite good. I will say that I like the artwork, um, the coloring especially, and I like how the in the flashbacks they used a different artist, and in this case, it worked. We see it so often that it it doesn't work, but here the um, those flashbacks even look like they're taken out of a picture book. It almost looks like it's painted in watercolor on the watercolor paper 
which I, I really dug. I thought it, it looked quite nice. I mean, it's not a... It's just some more about how she grew up and how she came to be and the how she had worked for Wayne initially and things like that and then got her revenge once she'd gotten the stuff spilled on her. I mean, it's nothing extraordinary. It's much more of a just an origin story for her kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But it actually was significantly better than every other one that I read this month. So it, I, I actually didn't mind that one. Hmm. So, and that's all the Batman one. Yeah, all the Batman one I have. All right. Uh, switching over to Justice League then. I actually only read one. You're ahead of, of me because I read League. none of them. Okay. I just stayed the hell away from them. I read Justice League of America 7.1. Yeah, it's the first week. I wasn't completely out of it at this point. I do have one after you're done. Okay, which was the Deadshot comic. And, of course, you know, I point out this should have been a Suicide Squad comic, but whatever. And it gave Deadshot uh, some backstory that I don't know if that was always canon or if this was a New 52 canon. But it, it basically showed the origin of, you know, how Deadshot became the way he did. And on one hand, it's very cliched of, oh, his parents and his family were killed due to due to crime and this and that you know they were innocent bystanders but i thought it gave an interesting aspect to his character of you know why he worked so hard to be you know the best shot you know the the most accurate person no wasted bullet was because he had that trauma in his past where they were just his family was in the wrong place at the wrong time they were killed by stray bullets that it didn't make him a heroic character he's still a pure villain you know does bad things but he does it in an efficient way because he doesn't want anybody else to to have that uh no collateral that damage same, yeah exactly and I, I i actually liked that I, it wasn't a great comic but it gave the character a little bit of depth that uh, he didn't have before that actually sounds pretty damn good all things considered yeah all right so what did you have uh, then i had justice league dark um 23.1 and that was creeper Okay. I had no clue. I went in completely blind and said, let's see what we get out of this. And we got crap. It's just this freaking demon thing that's kind of, I don't even know if it's a demon. That's, or might be an interdimensional thing um, that's just possessing everybody. Hold on a second. I believe, is this the one that this dude comes from? No, it is some kind of mystical crap. Anyway, so it's taking possession of different people, and then it takes possession of this uh, news reporter guy, and then just starts wreaking havoc. There you go. You now you know the story. Okay, great. <laughs> that's all you needed. Glad to I didn't have to read it. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> that's basically it. It was bad. It was really bad. <laughs> I mean, the art was good, all things considered, but uh, wow, it was just. It was, I, see, I don't know what's going on that, like, I, I know that some of these backstories are already established, so they have to work with it. And I understand that it's a comic and that everything's already been done before. But holy crap, we're seeing cliched crap after cliched crap throughout all of these. I mean, with very few exceptions. And it was just, there's got to be some original thought out there. Yeah, you don't have to argue. I know, I know. I'm just, I'm putting it out there. There's not a counterpoint on that one. I'm actually going to leave that space in there and not edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) 
All right. So uh, that's Batman Justice League. Uh, the next big franchise that they, that had a lot of issues, like I said, was Superman. I didn't read any. Okay, I got one. Okay. Oh, no, sorry. I've got two. Wow. It, it's just one of those things. I'm not a big fan of Superman, and his villains are pretty universally terrible, with the exception of Lex Luthor. Okay, so this one was... Uh, Action Comics number twenty three point one, and it was Cyborg, Cyborg, or sorry, Cyborg Superman, and this was a cyborg that was put together by Brain, or sorry, a Spider Superman put together by um, Brainiac, and this was like done while Krypton was still. Well, all Krypton, not just an asteroid field, and uh, and so he puts together this cyborg Superman to go out and recruit other bad people that also want to be cyborg bad people. You know what? This worked for a couple of different reasons. This worked because you had the duality of the stories here. You had um, the 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 villain part that was this cyborg Superman going around to different planets and obliterating anybody in his path and making them do horrific things to see if they're quote unquote strong enough for this, this, you know, mechanical upgrade. Then you also had this story going on between Jor-El and his brother Zor-El, which apparently Krypton was known for its originality with names. Everybody was an L Anyway, so there's this, not a competition thing, but kind of is between the two of them in terms of what they're going to do to try to save, whether it's their children or a small segment of the population kind of thing. And so you had that going on and the frantic pace of trying to accomplish this, especially who would have wound up being Superman's uncle, this Zor-El who is trying something that's not going to work out, but you're seeing him interacting with, with, um, with his wife and with his daughter. And then at the last minute, he also puts her on the ship to send her off and we know what happens there. But so that, again, that duality there of it, not just being a massive issue of a villain obliterating planets, but also this moral dilemma between the brothers especially the one so that he could figure out what he wanted to do to save his daughter or whatever. It was actually, this, this was actually, I'll say it, this was good. Hmm. Not just like, this was actually better than the poison ivy. I'd forgotten that I'd read this one, but this was actually, yeah, it was good. I, I really enjoyed And the art was phenomenal. The art was that's, really quite good. I, Yeah. That's actually a completely different character from the, the pre-New 52 Cyborg Superman, too. So, hold on a second here. Who did the writing for this? This was Michael Allen Nelson did the writing, and Mike Hawthorne did the art and colors by Daniel Brown, and which the colors are phenomenal as well. So, yeah, no, this was, uh, this was actually one of those that I would say was worth reading. Hmm. In the- now, here I am wondering how that relates to what bit of lore is still surviving in the new 52 but yeah. anyway yeah if the comic stands on its own yeah uh superman 23.1 and that was with bizarro and <sighs> me bizarro am good comic 
No, you don't even really get to that. I mean, this is this is a Luther comic. It's not even a Bizarro comic. So that's the point. Like this is all about Luther working with this scrawny kid that wants to be more than what he is because he's and Luther's developing this superhero vaccine kind of thing and so he's injecting it into this kid and seeing how it reacts and so you have this kid then that starts to get bigger a la Captain America and then just goes from there because of a whole bunch of different complications and he actually winds up having to kill him quite it it takes a lot of work obviously because this thing's ripping through everything so really the, the bizarre part is only very end and even then bizarro's a secondary character this is a lex luther story i mean it was all right it wasn't terrible terrible but it was really nothing again nothing imaginative it's a, a trope on a working on clones and getting a bad one that's all this was so i i would not recommend it but i mean it, it certainly wasn't any freaking penguin story or joker or Suddenly I'm reminded of Michael Keaton and multiplicity with the dumb clone for some right. reason. <laughs> you know how when you make a copy of a copy? It doesn't always work out well. <laughs> all right. So that, that's all of Superman for that's us then? That's all the ones I've got, yeah. All right. So this brings us to the entire rest of the line. <laughs> all right. I have uh, Flash 23.3, which was the Rogues comic. Didn't read it. Okay. And I've I like the Rogues. You know, they're they're... They're fun villains, how, yeah, you that rob banks and this and that, but they live by, you know, a code, you know, they don't harm innocents and, you know, they don't kill and this and that. And that they've always been fun antagonists for the Flash because they always work as a team. Like, even if one of them is like doing a solo operation, you know, the, the rest of the rogues will be there to back them up, break them out of prison. And I like how this ties in with uh, Forever Evil is they look at, you know, the crime syndicate and all these other guys and they go, man, you know, that's just not their scene. So it, it, it actually leads into, uh, I guess, a miniseries that's coming out soon called The Rogue's Rebellion, where it, uh, you know, they, they're basically, you know, they're not down with what the crime syndicate is doing. And they're, they're going their own way because uh, Central City has been conquered by Grodd. And, you know, that's their city. You know, they may be bad guys, but, you know, they, it's still their home and they still want to stand up for it. And this is actually kind of what I wanted out of a Villains Month issue where – shows you know the villains what they're during doing during forever evil and then actually builds towards something it's not just an origin story or you know just a side plot this is one of the few that i read that actually kind of ties in with the whole line wide thing they're trying to do well we've seen that before with the rose as well where when um the city was being threatened that they yeah when grod first invaded the rogues teamed up with flash so it's not something that is so outside of the norm that we wouldn't believe it so yeah I still liked it, though, just because I enjoy those characters, especially when they're all together. Solo, I could do without them. But as the rogues, I like them. Cool. All right. I also read Green Lantern 23.4, which was the Sinestro issue. No. Nothing? No. Okay. You didn't miss anything. It had a cool framing device of uh, Lissa Drack, the member of the Sinestro Corps, like the, the librarian uh, apparently Sinestro's storyline was being erased from the book for whatever reason. I, I couldn't get into that much of it. So part of the issue was, you know, her. And then most of it was done as a storybook with like, you know, this fancy artwork framing everything. But it was basically just a retelling of Sinestro's story, which we've had enough of. I didn't, yeah. 
I don't know anybody that kind of needs a refresher as to who Sinestro is. Apparently he's a bad guy. I found <laughs> that I, out. I was hoping for so much more because in all the Forever Evil and Villains Month, you know, promotional art, of course, Sinestro's front and center. You know, he's one of DC's biggest villains. And he hasn't been in the Green Lantern comics. Like, he kind of went off on his own. He hasn't even been a villain in quite a while. So I was really looking forward to how they're going to bring him back in as, you know, the Yellow Lantern, as a villainous character, and I still don't have any of that. <laughs> I'm thinking they just put him in the artwork for the fun of it, and he's never going to be in the yeah, story. Really? <laughs> You're like, oh, we need somebody people recognize. What about that pink guy that wears the yellow suit? Yeah, him. He was in the cartoon. <laughs> and then actually the last comic I have is Wonder Woman 23.2 uh, for the Firstborn character. I'm assuming you didn't read this one. See, I read 23.1. Ah, okay. The Cheeto one. Cheeto? I said Cheetah. It sounded like Cheeto. <laughs> Might as well have been. <laughs> and Firstborn as a character isn't really deserving of his own story. It's about as bland and, and cliched as you can get. I mean, he, he was a good villain for Wonder Woman, and his role in the story is fine. But him himself, not really that deserving of an issue. What made this an interesting read, though... Uh, First of all, was the artwork, uh, ACO. I'm assuming it's a nickname or whatever, and it's credited to ACO. Really cool style. Uh, kind of in line with what they've been doing in Wonder Woman, but a little bit more stylized, actually. And the framing device of we saw at the beginning of Wonder Woman, Apollo will occasionally gather together some women and use them as oracles, as you, know, you had the uh, yeah. oracles of Apollo in ancient Greece. So he finds these three, like, city girls like <laughs> like young you know I don't want to say street girls because that sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> did they wear fishnet stockings no not, see, that's uh, what I was saying, not that kind but you know grow, grow, growing up in this urban setting and you know they have this certain lingo and you know the teenagers so they're talking a lot in like you know shorthand and even a little bit of text speak and it's so goofy and stupid but they're telling the firstborn story and frequently slipping into these turns of phrase so you have this yeah, epic uh, mythological story and, you know, being told by a couple of teenagers it was it was pretty funny and, and like i said it, overall i didn't say i wouldn't think it was a good comic just because the character itself i don't think was deserving of it, a, a full-on backstory comic like this but between the artwork and uh, the way the story was told, it was, it was enjoyable, at least, which is more than I can say about a lot of these. Hmm. All right. And that is actually all I read for Villains Month. So then there was the Cheetah one that I was saying that I read, which was the hmm. one after. And I would have liked, well, as is off, as with damn near all this, I would have liked more. I would have liked something better than this. This was, again, this was a, an origin story of how she came to be and whatnot. It part kind Did we just get one of those a few months ago in Justice League? I don't know. I don't know. Is, I'm, I'm, she she had a brief like two or three storyline three issue storyline in Justice League where they kinda already gave her an origin. Yeah, well <laughs> okay. here's another one. I didn't read that one. I'm behind on Justice League, so I don't know if it's the same thing. But uh but yeah, no, it's just a her she's escaped and she is basically hunting people from her past and killing them and in again traditional now dc fashion ripping chests open 
throats open, ripping hearts out and chewing them. So graphic. Um, but yeah, and then you have the, again, the origin story of how she came to be, her interactions with with Wonder Woman, and then you, of course, need to have the Fox Mulder-looking guy going after her, trying to chase her, and finding out about the how she grew up with her aunt, and then it becomes some flashback Hunger Games kind of stupidity where she kills her brother. <sighs> it was... It was bad. The other thing, too, I don't know if they're now drawing her in Justice League as well with no clothes. Because for the longest time, at least yeah, she had much. a thong. She's just naked. Kind of, yeah, so now she's naked. So, like, <laughs> I don't want to sound like a prude, okay? <laughs> but still, you're doing a comic book. And, yeah, she's naked. Okay, fine, I can deal with that. It's not like they put nipples on her. But if you're going to draw her without at least a thong or something, don't put a vagina line Oh, some of the shots literally have a crotch line and like it's <laughs> the art. You can't mistake this for anything else. And it's like, oh, come on. Seriously? So. So, yeah, that's cheetah. <laughs> Fascinating. Uh, last one. And one of the dumber ones as uh, Deathstroke. So that was Teen Titans 23.2. And yes. He had his own comic. Yeah. Well, I just need a one shot. They just, they just slapped it in here as well. And it's this origin story of how he came to be, which. He had his own comic. It's not in. I didn't read that one. Or if no, it, even, I, it wasn't even in there, they put it in this. Yeah. So, yeah, no, this is Teen Titans. So, and shows him working with his kid and the freaking kid riding a missile. With like a, a freaking lasso around the tip, holding it on like he's bucking a horse. You know, it was ridiculous. And then him losing the eye, being shot while he's blocking a shot that's going to hit his kid. And it's like, that's not what has been in canon so far, I thought. Because I seem to recall reading something else where it showed how he lost it. And it wasn't this. I could be wrong, though, but I'm, I'm almost positive. But then takes a bullet to the eye. <laughs> and the next panel is him with a sword in one hand, a gun in the other, and he's got this massive, like, Carl-sized hole in his <laughs> eye. And we got one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven. It's hard to count them, all of these... North Koreans chasing him because there's also heads all over the place. He's decapitated <laughs> at least half of them by the look of it. We got heads flying all over the place again, typical DC fashion here. And then him just taking somebody out. It it was so bad. It it was so bad. I wonder if it's better or worse than the Deathstroke comics Liefeld was writing. <laughs> This could have been. Man, I think you need to do research on that, Roger. Because, man, this was... And then at the end, he's got, of course, a massive crew around him with guns pointed at him to stop him. And, of course, he gets out. And he's got a kid now. And his wife looks like she's a freaking teenager. Seriously. White old guy, white hair and everything. And his wife looks like she's 16. So, yeah, this was ridiculously bad who did this 
Corey May and <laughs> who's responsible? Duma Winchuk. Winchuk. Man. Yeah, this was terrible. Terrible. And lots of different artists. So you had like different art throughout for different pages. Yeah, it was, oh. Sorry, folks. I did not like this. Okay. Yeah. So that, that wraps up our take on villains. <laughs> I mean, by all means, if uh, we obviously didn't read a lot of them. So if there is something that you, good that we did miss, uh, feel free to leave us a comment uh, you, on, on, the, on the article here. Because uh, I'm sure there had to be something worth reading that we missed. <laughs> Again, there were a couple that it, I read that all were that, good, yeah, but there, 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 there were some more. that we read that we enjoyed. There had to have been more. It's just, as a whole, very rarely can a villain carry a story on their own. It, it, it's just, it takes a certain type of character, and some of those characters were present here. Many of them weren't. So I mean, you had to think, 52 villain-centric issues, just a lot of them weren't going to work. <laughs> But all right, I'm done. We'll see how how things get back to normal this month, though, because, like I said, they're, they're just kind of picking up where they left off in August. Like, like this never happened. <laughs> it's, uh, can we talk about good stuff now? Yeah, sure. All right. Uh, before we get into the actual what we're reading comics, did you watch the premiere of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show? Yes, I did. And uh, did you enjoy it? I actually did. It was it was not anything. I, I don't want to win, say that I went in with low expectations because my expectations, you know, we're considering the, who's doing this, Joss Whedon, and whatnot. I thought, well, it should be all right, um, but I, I wasn't expecting the Avengers. I was right. expecting exactly what we got, mm-hmm. and I liked the characters. Some of them were very stereotypical type characters which is fine kind of thing. It's again, you can only expect so much originality. So I, I enjoyed it. I'll keep watching it. I enjoyed it. It, but it's not like I would say, I loved it. You have to watch this. No, no, it wasn't that good. Yeah. It, it was solid. You know, it, it was everything it was supposed to be. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like you said, there are so many people online, like they were expecting it to be so much more. They were expecting the Avengers, yeah. like, you know, huge budget action, you know, big storylines. I'm like, that's, you can't do that in a TV show. <laughs> like there's budgets to consider here. Uh, and I, I actually like that there's a series focused on, you know, how the events of the movie and all this crazy stuff going on just affects normal people. That's a cool story to tell. And a TV series is a much better way to tell that story than just making a movie about it. So I enjoyed it. Well, and there's characters there that are very interesting that if they can be fleshed out, will be fun to watch. Like, Mariah Hill, I mean, if they can let... I can't remember her actual name. I keep wanting to call I, her Robin. I don't think she's going to be in the series going forward. <laughs> oh, really? cameo. Oh, I didn't know that. Because it was funny, because I was telling my wife, I was saying, they cast her perfectly. Because oh, yes. Hill in the comic is a tough ass. But I was saying, it's funny that she plays a tougher character in freaking How I Met Your Mother than she does in this. <laughs> Here, she's like this mellow, soft-spoken woman. I'm going... That's not how it's supposed to be. Let her freaking go robbing on his ass. That's, <laughs> that's who Mariah Hill is. And then, of course, Coulson. Yeah. Everybody loves him, and we got plenty of him. So, I mean, the cast is going to be decent, so it'll, it'll be fun to watch. 
the the interesting part will be to see because Joss Whedon wrote and directed the first episode. Now he's just kind of overseeing the rest. So seeing uh, if he assembled a good team to uh, go. Well, isn't with his it. brother helping him with it as well? I, I, he everybody he's ever worked with is helping yeah. him with it. But this. I thought I saw his brother's name in the credit credits and uh like his brothers worked with him too on like the serenity comics and stuff mm-hmm. so yeah I'm, and, and of course it's going to be the game of how many firefly cameos are we going to get in the first season god everybody <laughs> we've already got one yeah <laughs> <laughs> he likes to reuse the same actors listen adam baldwin is a villain in one episode i would not be oh, against dude, that. that would be awesome <laughs> all right actual comics um i read scarlet spider which it has actually been a pretty good comic. I kind of fell away from it for a while just because it wasn't that interesting to me. And, and it was with the, uh, the crossover Superior Spider-Man that I started yeah, – I read, went back and read a few issues uh, prior to that. And it's, it's a pretty fun comic, a different twist on you know, the Spider-Man character. And uh, the storyline they're doing right now is Craven. And as I've made no – I've never hidden. I love Craven stories and this is not disappointing because – if you remember going back to Grim Hunt, it was actually, you know, Kane who sacrificed himself instead of Peter uh, to bring Craven back. And that's why, you know, he came back as kind of a zombie and all the weird stuff that happened with that. So this is now his way of uh, getting his revenge and he's now hunting Kane instead of Peter. So it's, it's a fun twist on the typical Craven storyline. I just love that you were going to say I'm not going to make any bones about loving him. And then you stopped yourself. That is not I, even remotely That is exactly what you that. were going to I just think that's hilarious. <laughs> All right, and then again, not going into too much detail because we're saving a lot of this for an upcoming episode, but Wolverine and the X-Men, part five of Battle of the Atom. You're not allowed to talk about that. I'm just saying, again, not disappointing, and I love love future Colossus. He's got the mutton chops, and they actually remain there when he turns to steel, and it looks hilarious. (laughs) And I'm like, whoever came up with that character design gets a big thumbs up from me. And I'm going to hand it over to you after that. All right. I actually picked up an A plus X. I'd given up on this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but there's a reason why. It's number 11. So the first one was freaking Thor and Magic, which was stupid as all hell. I just think it's funny, though. Thor gets stuck in in limbo, and she kind of shows up at one point. <laughs> And it was like, I felt the disturbance. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> and he's ripping through everything. And then she basically drops him off in like, what, Idaho or some damn thing after. But, I mean, that part was really stupid and bad. But then there's a Spider-Man and Cyclops story. Okay. And it's superior Spider-Man. This is why I picked it up. So, basically, Cyclops is chasing down um, a, uh, what the hell is her name? Malice the mutant who possesses people. So he's chasing down this old woman onto the subway and it's actually malice who possessed this old woman. And then, so then she winds up jumping between people and making her way onto the subway and Cyclops goes on the subway and he's chasing after her and who comes to save the day, superior Spider-Man. So you have the same stuff going on here where Cyclops is thinking, like, this is not the Spider-Man that we know. We've worked together. He wouldn't be attacking me like this and pummeling him, too. I loved it. <laughs> Otto beating the crap out of Otto. Although you think at this point, Scott wouldn't be surprised by people just attacking him on principle. There is that, too. Um, but, yeah, this was actually... And there was a few really good parts, too. Like, Malice tries to take over Otto, and she's like... 
what the why why isn't this working? And he says, <laughs> I've I'm used to pushing away weaker personalities. <laughs> so there was a bunch of little points here. As an a, a small like story, half of this issue actually was wound up being a little bit more than half, maybe two thirds, because the Thor magic one was pretty small. This was actually really good. It was hmm. like quite good. I enjoyed it. Who did the writing for this? Hold on a second here. Uh, this was Jim Kruger and the art was done by Ron Lim and the art was really good as well. And Chris Soto Meyer, Meyer, whatever. Um, but yeah, the art was really quite good as well. So yeah, that was really loved it. Uh, what else do I have? I have more Spider-Man. Never have enough (laughs) Spider-Man. Did you read the team up number three? I actually have not. Oh, you like it because it's got Luke Cage in it. Oh, well, then I'm all about that. I liked it because Otto's putting Luke in his place. (laughs) (laughs) So this was good. And this is actually part of everything that's going on right now. It's a tie-in, Infinity tie-in. So um, it's them keeping Manhattan clear while you got waves of aliens crashing down to, to, to take over. But in addition to that, you have this other little story where there's a new... Well, starts off as hero that's kind of essentially born. So, and he works with her. This was, I don't want to spoil anything more than that, but this was really good. It wasn't phenomenal kind of like superior Spider-Man kind of league, but it was really quite good. And, um, and the ending, <laughs> the ending's fantastic. <laughs> I, I, it was literally one of those, oh, I really need to see where this is going now. Not even just a little, I mean a lot. Need to see where this is going. Cool stuff. And uh, lastly, another Spider-Man, Ultimate. Did you read that one? <laughs> what? What are you laughing at? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> we talked about crap for, for like, what, <laughs> half hour. The, 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 the renewing life force of Spider-Man to get you out of it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, with the second part of the uh, the 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 story with uh, Taskmaster, did you read that? I I, I actually haven't. Okay. I hate myself for it. This is great because once again we're getting more um, uh, cloak and dagger mm-hmm. right from the get go, and them dealing with what's going on with them and whatnot. But not like taking over, but they're there, and then you see more of them later on as well, and you can see it building towards. Um, all of them working together kind of thing, I- including the one that was the kaboom, the villain initially, the young girl. Oh, okay. So like all trying to work together. And then Taskmaster, <laughs> I prefer actual canon Taskmaster. I like him, like especially that miniseries we read. Damn, that was amazing. But this one's pretty freaking awesome too. <laughs> like this guy is very cool. And seeing these guys trying to take him down, and realizing as he keeps pummeling them, they finally clue in on, we're going to have to change our tactics here because he's he's very hard to put down. So, and again, I don't want to spoil anything you haven't read yet, but this was really good. And as always, the art. Yeah. Just freaking insanely cool. Dave Marquez does the art. And the colors by Paul Mounts with Justin Ponsor. Yeah, that was, the art is blows me away every time I see it. That's All right. It. We good then? Uh, that's good enough for now. All right. Well, thankfully, this week has uh, some very small new release list, even from Marvel. They, they're, they're being 
lenient on us this week. We have uh, part six of Battle of the Atom with all new X-Men number 17. We have Hunger number three, Iron Man number 16, the return of Marvel Knights with Marvel Knights Spider-Man number one. Second issue of Mighty Avengers. We have Savage Wolverine number nine, which, uh, again, different uh, creative team on this one. And from what I could tell, this is kind of Old Man Logan meets Planet Hulk, which That's I'm interested full in. of win. <laughs> and then finally, we have Superior Foes of Spider-Man number four. You had me at Old Man Logan. <laughs> Damn. All right. All right. DC brings us. Screw Earth DC. I wanted to talk more about <laughs> Well, it's not out yet, so there's not much we can do. <laughs> DC brings us Earth 2, number 16, Forever Evil, number 2, as well as issue 24 for Green Lantern and Swamp Thing. And from the smaller publishers, Boom Studios, we have Robocop, The Last Stand, number 3. From Dark Horse, The Star Wars, number 2. Really loved that first issue. Image, we have a cool new miniseries, Bushido, number 1. It's actually running weekly throughout October. It's kind of a Halloween deal. And it's a ancient Japanese warrior who is not of samurai birth. So he assists the Shogun in other ways by killing all the vampires in feudal <laughs> Sold. Yeah. <laughs> and also from Image, we have Invincible Universe number seven and Lazarus number four. Awesome. Yeah, so there's some cool stuff out there this week. And uh, that's going to wrap us up here. As always, you can find us online at comicbookinformer.com or on Twitter at CB Informer. Uh, again, if there is some cool uh, Villains Month stuff that uh, we missed, yell at us and I'll make Roger read it. <laughs> we will try. <laughs> so until next week, thanks for listening. You're not going to tell them about next week? Oh, go ahead. We're still rolling. Yeah, go. No, no, tell no, them. No, no. You, so you, you, you're seeing excited. as you're the one that's going to be doing it. Oh, well, fine. We, we talked about it uh, a while back, <laughs> and he has finally freed up some time in his schedule for us because he's a busy, busy man. Uh, yes, next week will be our interview with Jim Zub from Skull Kickers and the upcoming Samurai Jack. Which we're Basically, it's just going to be the three of us sitting around for a half hour or so talking about Samurai, Samurai Jack. Jack. And it will be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> We're going to be doing some giveaways once the actual issues are coming out, but that's not until the end of October. And then by the time I receive them, we're looking at into uh, November. But I already talked to him. I'm making sure to, to stay on his case so that he's going to make sure to put some signed copies aside for us so that I can be handing them out to some of our listeners. Fabulous. Not you. You made me read this crap. You're not getting any Samurai Jack. I, I, I didn't make you read anything. Yeah, this yeah, was entirely yeah. voluntary. Technicality. You could have showed up for the episode and gone, I didn't read any of it. Bull, bull. Then you would have given me crap for not being prepared. I would have, but I would have respected your decision. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Filing that up for somewhere. <laughs> Future episode, I got that now. <laughs> All right, again, thanks for listening. See you next week.